Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey, everybody. It is David, and I am glad to be back. I uh, don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but we uh, we aired a repeat just because of uh, I was sick and uh, my family was sick too, and that was a whole bunch of no fun. But you know what? Sometimes that happens in the winter, and uh, you just you you got to pivot. And so I'm excited to have you here today. We're going to be answering your questions here on the show, the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. So before we get into that, got a couple bits of information. The first thing actually I was thinking about is uh, pivoting. So like I mentioned there, uh, you know, I was sick and uh, putting out a podcast when you're sick, especially when you're kind of losing your voice, is not a good policy. So it's always good to have a backup plan and to be able to pivot. And in lighting, you know, the same thing happens. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter what you're lighting, whether you're lighting a band, whether you're lighting a church, whether you're lighting, you know, a fashion show, um, any any type of lighting, a corporate event, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It it generally, you know, has to do something with some kind of event and some kind of thing that's happening in time here. And, you know, it only happens once and whatever it is that, that you're lighting. And sometimes challenges are thrown your way. In fact, I think more often than not in lighting, uh, challenges get thrown our way. I was just uh, lighting a show yesterday and challenges were thrown my way. And and you, you always, in the back of your mind, it's, it's always a great idea to have something to pivot to, to change so that, you know, if, if everything goes wrong, if things start going crazy, there's at least something that, that you can do to make the show happen, whether that's having some kind of backup console, a backup computer, um, having, you know, a plan that if you need to run up to the stage and plug your console in there to get to the lights, that you got something there. Um, you know, this is overly generic advice, but I'm just noting here that um, it's it's always good, always important in lighting to have a backup plan and uh, to think through before you need it, how that it is going to work. And so that's a little quick tidbit of advice. Um, a couple other quick things is uh, that over the past year, we've done a lot in this podcast and uh, it's been a lot of fun to do that. So I want to know from you, I want to know what you want to hear in the future on this podcast. So head over to learnstagelighting.com slash survey and fill out a quick survey for me so I can hear what you want on the podcast. If I don't hear from from many people or a lot of people, then you know maybe the podcast will be no more. I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, I, I want to know what you want to see here on the show, and I want to bring it to you. So whatever your favorite type of format is, whether that's interviews, whether that's question and answer like this, whether that's uh, main segments where I, I dive deep into a topic, I want to know what is has been your favorite so far listening to this podcast, whether you've just listened to an episode or two, or whether you've been here for the whole ride, episode 51, can you believe that? And, or, or let me know what you'd like to see that I haven't done much of. I want to hear from you, and this is a great way to give back to the podcast and help me help you to create great lighting. So learn stagelighting.com slash survey. Please, 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 please go there and let me know so that I can make this the best podcast possible for you. Um, also this week we had a review come in from M. Hay on Stitcher 
And uh, he wrote in and said, I've been so happy with the show and the amount of knowledge that it's given me that I've gone ahead and joined Lauren Stage Lighting Labs. Really a fantastic podcast. So thank you, M. Hey, for that review. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Um, and uh, again, guys, learnstagelighting.com slash survey is where you need to go to uh, be sure to let me know what you want to see here on the show, and then uh, we will make sure to cover that. But today, we are going to answer your questions. So I want to hear from you guys. I always hear from you guys, rather, um, at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. And today, first things first, we got Ron. Ron writes in and says, I am working on a lighting project where 65 choir members sing in a Christmas tree. Okay, so it's a singing Christmas tree. This is a uh, concept other folks have done. Um, oh, last year the lighting controls failed. Okay. And um, and so they've got 11 months basically to get this figured out, um, which is great. That's a lot of time. Um, so the tree lights are currently 10 rows of incandescent T9 strings dimmed by an NSI uh, microplex dimmer. The system had a hybrid control interfaces by uh, Spectacular Celebrations, which I think was like a uh, kind of a Christmas lighting thing. There are also relays that connect the lighting strings to the 10 rows of uh, RGYB plus white, twinkle, and star. Okay, I don't totally understand, but that's okay. So basically what you're looking for, Ron, is that you've kind of got an outside-of-the-box thing going on here, it sounds like. You know, you're, you're wanting to basically turn Christmas light strings on and off, and um, you're looking to do that um, and have a, it via DMX control. So you're looking for some kind of user-friendly software um, controller. You're looking to uh, control something with DMX, some LEDs maybe, because um, you wrote DMX decoder. You're looking for um, some NSI microplex controller um, as well. You've got some other questions here. All right, so there's a lot here, Ron. Um, and, and here's going to be my recommendation to you. Um, definitely... You know, you want to move ahead with a computer software that's user-friendly. Um, without going into the deep details, my best bet here is that you're probably going to want to work with the Onyx software, something similar. I recommend it a lot. Um, or maybe Entex D-Pro. Um, you know, there's a lot of options for software that could work for you. Um, they'll, they'll all have a learning curve depending on how complex you want to get. But I mean, you could do this with something as simple as Entex DMX's software. So you'll want to check out, um, a great article in Learn Stage Lighting called How Do I Choose My First Lighting Console to, to really kind of look at those software options that I recommend. These are some of the best in the industry, the most user-friendly, stable, and, uh, but not every console is the right for every person. And based on the information here, it's hard to tell exactly what I want to recommend to you. Now, if you're going to be controlling things via Microplex, then you are going to need a converter. Now, if your Microplex dimmer is in good shape and it's still working, as you noticed there, you can buy a Leviton IF-501 uh, converter box to be able to control those with DMX. If those dimmers aren't working great, then maybe it's time to invest in some DMX dimmers. You know, I can't answer that for you, but... Uh, because I don't know the state of your system, but I would look at the cost of buying some DMX dimmer packs, you know, around $150 a piece for a four-channel dimmer pack, 
uh, and kind of weigh that out versus what you currently have and, and just see if that works. Um, if it makes sense financially to go more with a regular dimmer pack versus uh, what you've already got in a converter box and buying that. Um, you know, that's something that's kind of something for you to weigh out personally there. Um, and then, you know, you're going to want to go ahead and um, with your your pixels, that's a whole different uh, ball game per se. But it's totally as you're moving into DMX, it makes sense what you're going to need there um, to work with pixels because you've got a lot of questions here is a pixel controller that is going to convert that DMX data to pixels. And oftentimes it can do that all via a network. You won't have to go out to regular DMX to control that, in fact, I've got one running in my office right now by Entech. So my best recommendation to you, Ron, here is you have a lot of questions. It looks like you've got a lot of depth that you're going to look into. So do look at the resources that I've, I've already mentioned, but also go ahead and check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Um, you've probably heard me talk about it on the show here before. If you haven't, it's a whole library of videos, including some on all the consoles that I've talked about here. Um, actually a lot on all the consoles I've talked about here that show you how to use them uh, and really get you up to speed fast with not only the the manual reference per se, but the the what you need to do to make a great show. And then also there's a whole action plan in there called custom LED design that's going to talk you through pixels um, as well as, as non-pixel LEDs that use DMX decoders, show you my best tips and tricks for controlling all that stuff, how to design it, how to set it up, Everything you need to work with pixels is in there. And so I I really recommend checking that out, Ron, because it looks like you're going to be spending some money on some gear. And what better investment than to invest in your knowledge and into doing it right so you don't waste money buying the wrong gear. That's that's really my goal there. So check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs at learnstagelighting.com slash labs, Ron. And uh, I think I'd be able to help you even more than I've been able to help you hopefully here today. All right. Troy writes in and says, I was wondering if there is a free computer lighting software that I can get or download to test lighting effects like in your vids. So Troy, there can be. It depends on your console. But at the end of the day, visualizers, and that's what this is called, is 3D visualizers are really expensive to develop and maintain. And it's it's tough work. And so for that reason, if if there are free ones on the market, they're tied down, and there are, they're tied down to specific consoles and they only work with that console basically as advertising for that console. Now that can be a great option or if you need it to work with any console, I recommend a visualizer called Capture. Whichever you do, go ahead to learnstagelighting.com and I have got a article called Do You Want a Lighting Visualizer? And it walks through the free ones, it walks through the paid ones and it lets you know what you need to know to get started. Mathis writes in and says, hey, do you have any experience in regard to an indoor carnival lighting that you would like to share? So Mathis, yeah, I've lit a lot of things. And um, when you say carnival, I'm guessing you're in Europe somewhere. And so I'm not sure if this is more of like a circus type thing or kind of what we think of in the, the U.S. as a carnival as a bunch of vendors in small booths or in tents with various carnival-style games. Um, the, the term carnival can mean a lot of things. But when I'm lighting something like this, if, if it's, if it's kind of more of an open air, you know, like a um, like booths but not one central focus, then 
you know, the focus of the lighting is going to be on the environment. And so when I light something like this, and I've done this before actually a number of times, I'm focused on using things like, like LED lights to uplight the sides of the room or the tents or the, the ceiling to bring color and also just to bring general light so people can see what's going on um, in the space so it's not dark and dingy looking. And, and so we can use lights. We can maybe hang them from a center tent pole or put them on the ground to shine up and to bring not only color, but also just white light as well and, and do a mix of those two to create a really cool environment. Now, if you want to take it a step further, you can shoot textures with um, ellipsoidals or maybe moving lights as well to bring some more interest to the space. Now, if you're talking about a circus-style production or, a, or even a like Cirque du Soleil kind of thing, then this is all about the theatrical. This is all about lighting an area that is the stage, whether it's in the center of the room or the end of the room or all throughout the room, and making sure that you're highlighting the various performers. And so this, in, in that case, um, you know, what I would do is go ahead and make sure you've got a great white and colored wash, maybe some spotlights for the performers, and then add movement, either with moving lights or, or not with moving lights, um, through great control through a great console. So that was a, a very kind of general question. And so I hope my answer, Mathis, doesn't seem too general, but I really hope it helps you. And uh, one article, actually, that you'll want to check out on Learn Stage Lighting, it's a, it's a video slash article, um, is called How Do I Create Movement Without Moving Lights? And we will make sure to... Uh, We'll make sure to put that in the show notes so you can get that, read that, and uh, have that information. Robert writes in and says, My church has an NSI NCM6200, but I can't find a manual. Where can I get a copy? Well, I'm going to take a look here, Robert. Um, it looks like, so what you're going to find is that uh, most NSI products, such as the NCM6200, are now Leviton products. Okay. Um, and so switch out that name NSI with Leviton in your search, L-E-V-I-T-O-N. They're a big commercial electronic, um, you know, site, and you might be able to find something. Yeah. Well, and so I'm still having trouble. And so it might be something that's hard to find. So what is an NCM 6200? I'm not sure, but I did find um, this manualslib.com seems to have a, a manual for you. Um, let me see if there's a picture on here. Okay, so this is a pretty big um, console for an NSI console. It can actually control a good bin. So I'm going to link to this site that I found. I hope it helps you. Um, and uh, if not, then the advice was worth what you paid for it. Um, but I think I think that info is there that you're going to find Um but the, the, the trouble with NSI stuff is that NSI as a company isn't around anymore. They got bought by Leviton. Um, but hopefully the link that I found will help you, Robert. Edward writes in and says, uh, Hi, your channel's good. It helps me to program stage lights for my church. But you've got a problem, and uh, I was wondering if I could help. Okay, so you've used MPC to program your lights, um, but you decided to upgrade to Onyx. Great choice. But while you were programming, uh, one of the lights turned off and um, 
and you couldn't get it to work again. So you've tried reopening the software, you've tried reinstalling things, um, but the problem keeps happening about after every 30 minutes. Um, do I think it's the lights or the software? So Edward, if it's only one light and you've got multiple lights, then it's probably the light. Um, the best way to diagnose this is to get a cable straight between the console or the PC, the, the DMX output, and that particular light, and only that light, and test it and see if it works or if it still has the problem, okay? Um, Onyx is the same software as MPC, okay? I actually have a video on YouTube, we'll link to it here, called What's New in Onyx, and it walks you through how literally... Um, they had to change the name, but the development team, the people in charge of the console, everything moved over to Elation. It's the same people writing the same code that they were before, and so it'll continue to be improved, but in essence, at its core, it's the same exact piece of software. Nothing is different. And so just switching over to Onyx should not have caused any problems, and in general, if something like this is occurring and it's only affecting one light, it's not affecting all your lights, then it is probably the light. So you're probably going to want to talk to whoever made that light and uh, see if you can make a warranty claim or something like that. But to be sure, you know, get a direct DMX line straight to that light and that light alone and see what happens because that, that can help isolate uh, whether there's a problem with another light, whether there's too many lights on the daisy chain and the signal's getting weak, um, because these issues can manifest themselves in the middle of a daisy chain of DMX wiring, even if the problem is from a light on the clear other side. It, it can be kind of wild sometimes. So that's my best recommendation to you, Edward. I hope you can figure it out, um, but um, it's probably not the software. Josh writes in and says, hi, I have a couple questions about timecode cues. So I'm guessing you're using Onyx. I'm looking to program a light show for a band and make it easy for someone to run, but keep them in sync with the songs. Oh no, not necessarily about Onyx. What's the best way to do this? Um, time code cues with a manual launch at the beginning or cue list with go for each part of the song. Just wanting a little help because you've never programmed a time show before. Any help is appreciated, Josh. All right, Josh. So what you do here is going to depend a lot on what console you're using and what console you're using is going to depend a lot on how many lights you have and what other resources you've got. So let me walk through a few scenarios here. We're going to use the term time code lightly because at the base level, you could go ahead, use NTEX DMX's software. And then with their show buddy or with another GAW, you can literally take your different cues, you can literally take everything you've programmed, and um, and you can drag them onto a timeline that is with the backing tracks or with a click or just some kind of time um, with the music through one of these programs, through um, Show Buddy that goes with NDX DMXs or through another DAW that also uses DMXs as a plugin. Then someone would just hit play on the music and it would play the lights back automatically. So that's generally probably the simplest. Now, DMXs can only do 512 channels of DMX. There is a now a program called Show Buddy Active, which is kind of an upgraded version that can control some more stuff um, and work with Show Buddy. It, it works well as well. Uh, but again, 
if you're getting close to maxing out the DMX's channels or you're just using a lot of lights in it, it gets slow to program. That can be the downside. But it's very easy to use. And either way, once you get it set up, you won't have to touch the programming again, probably. Um, and so, or at least not often. And so even if it is a little harder to program, it's probably the easiest, most trouble-free solution out there for someone to be able to press play and the show's going to play back every time. And so that doesn't use any true time code, but it is the easiest and it works perfectly every time. Pretty much. I mean, barring any, you know, technical issues, computers, wiring, blah, 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 blah. But it's a great solution. Now, if you've got a more complex show, you might want to run it with timecode with a program like Onyx or another professional-grade lighting console. In that case, you're going to have to teach somebody who's playing it back more information. Um, they're going to probably set up a program, a DAW like Ableton, just like you would with DMXs. But this time, they're going to set that to fire different cues, maybe over MIDI, um, maybe not. And there's different ways to do this. I mean, you can literally fire MIDI on a timeline in a program like Ableton. You can generate time code and you can send it out to the console. Um, really, what is the best depends on your, your situation. But if but you said here, you want to make it easy for someone to run them, but keep them in sync. And so it sounds like here that the most important thing to you is that when someone just hits play, the light show goes. That it's simple for the, the end user, whoever that is, that's going to be playing things back. You know, it's okay if it's complicated for you to program, but when it comes to the playback later, you want it to be simple. And so, you know, I'm definitely going to recommend that DMXs to you because um, if it meets your needs, if it can do, you know, what you want, if, it's, if you're not using more lights than it can take, then it's it's a clear winner. It's a great piece of software. Um, but go, going back, talking about um, should you use QList with pressing go for each part of the song or using timecode, you know, that really depends on how hands-off you want it to be and how consistent the band's going to be. Because timecode only works if the band is perfectly consistent, okay? If they're not going to follow a backing track or a click and stay perfectly in time, then the time code is going to get off and you can't change that. They have to play the songs exactly to the time or else it's not going to work. Okay. Cue list with the go for each part of the song is probably easier for you to program. Um, and it's easier for someone to play back if the band's not going to be perfectly consistent and on time every night. In fact, inside of DMXs, you can do this approach as well, and you can even use a foot switch to be the go to go ahead to each next cue. So there's not a clear answer here, Josh, or anybody else who's got this, this conundrum out there, but those are kind of some options. And if you do need more help, um, I've got tutorials on all of this inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, which you can learn more about at learnstagelighting.com labs. Thank you, Josh, for writing in. Evan wrote in, and said, I'm starting to learn about stage lighting and DMX control. I'm an AV guy who is building a commercial fitness studio. They want an exciting, immersive light show to accompany the music during group workouts. With that in mind, what's the deal with sound active mode and why am I not a fan? How the heck does a lighting system respond to audio? 
After listening to the podcast, it sounds like the Light Shark or Shavik Show Express or ADJ My DMX might be good for your needs. For something of that caliber, what could allow you to create a show and deploy to multiple installations? Okay, so I'm actually going to shift the focus from what you said here for a minute. Um, so, well, first of all, why, why are we not happy with sound active mode? Well, when you put a light in sound active mode, for, uh, for every song that plays, you're generally going to see every color of the rainbow at some point. You're going to see stuff strobing. And most importantly, when you have multiple different lights and they're not, if they're not linked together or they're different kinds of lights and they can't link together, then they're all going to be flashing and responding. I put that in quotes to the music but they're all going to be out of sync with each other. They're all going to be doing their own thing and it's going to look like chaos, okay? So that's why I don't like sound active mode because every song generally kind of becomes a flashing and strobe fest and it's not coordinated and it doesn't feel like music. It just kind of feels like chaos, especially after about 10 minutes, you go crazy. So how the heck does a lighting system respond to audio? Well, there's a few different ways to do this, um, and there's some different consoles that allow you to take audio in and respond to it. Now, the Lightshark, Chavez, and Chavez Show Express, um, two that I've talked about before, don't do this. Um, they don't really work with it well. So for what you're doing, there's two software consoles that really come to mind to me that I'd recommend to you. Uh, I don't like ADJ's MyDMX. It's a the long story short is that it's made by a third-party company that makes software basically for um, a number of these lighting companies to sell as their own. And they always have issues with bugs, with things not being stable, with, you know, bugginess in general. So I don't recommend that. But what I do like to recommend is there's two programs and they're written by the same guy and they both kind of do what you're looking to do. Okay. The first is a Entex Elm, which is a pixel driving program. So if you're just working with pixels, um, individually, either three channel lights or pixel tapes, pixel dots, other products like that, um, you'll want to check out Entex Elm. Okay. We'll make sure a link to a post about that in the show notes. And even on Entech.com in our news section, you can see some immersive, you know, fitness studios that have installed this software because it can respond to the music or you can turn it off music respond mode and click scenes that you want, click colors, textures, patterns that, that you want to go over your studio. Now, that's only for pixels. It only works with pixels, um, with, you know, pixel tapes, pixel dots, three channel lights. That's all that that particular software works with. It's kind of specialized. However, the person that writes it also writes a program called light jams okay and we'll go we'll make sure that we link to light jams um let's see lightjams.com of course and what light jams is is designed to control everything you know all types of lights moving lights conventional lights pixels etc and be able to control it with both you know install controls as well as with music and to be able to listen to music and then you can program it to respond to the music in an intelligent, cohesive way so that, you know, whether you're using Elm to do this or Light Jams, they're fairly similar products. Um, whether No matter which one you're using, you're able to program it to be able to control the lights 
in a sound reactive way, but in a way that's cohesive, that's together, that doesn't um, wear people out just looking at it, you know, for 10 minutes, like I mentioned before. And so I would check out Light Jams. It's not one I cover a lot, but it's it's it will do the job well. And it's it's a really good piece um, if you're if you need a lights as well. If you're just if you're just looking to do pixels, you know, Ntex Elm will do what you need. Um, and it's less complex. Light Jam is is pretty complex, but it is the tool that that really can get this done, and it's really built to react to music in this way, in in a very unique way that um, not a lot of other software can do. And then it's it's one of those things where you could set it up on a computer, have it running, and then it'll be running as an installation for you, which is exactly what you need. And then you want to be able to to you know copy the setup basically and and put it in different places. And you can totally do that as well. So check out Light Jams, check out Elm, and uh, those would be the options of what you want to, that's going to deliver exactly what you need to your clients. So it's definitely worth spending the time um, making sure you're going to get the right console and making sure you choose well there because it can really be the difference from a bunch of expensive lights strobing and looking terrible and a bunch of expensive lights um, synced to the music cohesively to be able to create that really awesome environment that you're going for. So, Evan, I hope that helps. That's my recommendation to you. Matt says, hey, man, I've watched a ton of your videos, um, and there's so much lighting software and stuff out. Um, he's a worship pastor at a church of a thousand folks. They're running about 20 LED washes. Okay, no movers, just LED regular washes. But you want to upgrade your lighting software. Okay, slash console. So right now they use a console. It takes forever to program. They have to use the faders to color mix each light. Okay, you've got that style console. Yep, I, I, I get that. I'm with you there, Matt. Um, with churches in the past, you've used Vista, but you didn't want to go that route. Uh, you were going to go that route because you like the presets and the ease of use. Um, our volunteers run the program, and during the week you program the lights. We have different looks for each element, and then program each song with different verse chorus, etc., um, you're looking at Vista, Onyx, or Lightshark. I don't know what I think would be the best. Um, do I need a controller, or can we just do everything on a computer? Thanks so much, Matt. All right, Matt. So let's get on my console soapbox. Um, first and foremost, any of these consoles will do what, what you need and could be a good console for you. So how do you choose? Well, I want to link you over, I want to share with you rather, a video from my YouTube recently, and it is called, let me find what it's called here, it's called like, what console should I use? Should I use Grand MA3, Vista, Hog, Camsys, or Onyx, okay? And this is a video that I made that basically says, you know, all things being equal, um, what, what console do I, why do I recommend Onyx so much um, to people? And why does it matter? So, of course, not all things are equal. But in this situation, Matt, in many people's situations, um, any of these three consoles will do the job great, okay? Now, if we were to put them in a couple buckets, um, Vista and Onyx can kind of be in a bucket together because they're quite similar, and Lightshark can be in a bucket together because Lightshark is a little bit simplified um, compared to Vista and Onyx, but at the end of the day, um, they're all capable of what you need. So 
I really like the light shark. Let's start there. Um, and for where you are now, and if you grow, you know, a bit from there, you know, adding in some movers and stuff, it will probably serve you well. It could be a great console for you. Um, the big benefit of it is that it's a standalone based console. Um, you can get the LS Core, which is about $600, which is just the box. Or you can get the LS One, which is about $1,500, and it's got 10 faders and a small programming section and all that. You've got to provide a device to dial into it. But other than that, it's a great, solid console. It's a great pick. Um, the benefit of it being standalone as opposed to on a computer is that, you know, the computer can't get messed up over time um, by people um, like happens to computers. And so that is a big benefit for some people, um, for other people, you know, they just go with the computer, they keep it fairly locked down. They don't put on the internet, they update it, um, periodically and you can run for years and have a computer that's just as reliable as a standalone console. Okay. So I like light shark a lot. Um, I also like onyx a lot and Vista is a great console too. So if all three of these, basically the gist of that video that I'm linking to uh, for you, if all three of these can do the job that you're asking for it, um, and especially when we're talking about you're doing the programming and the volunteers play it back, then you can invest that time. If it takes, say Onyx takes a little bit longer to learn because you don't know it. You know Vista, you don't know Onyx. It's a different software. Okay, so maybe it takes a day or two for you to, to sit down and learn it. Well, once you've put in that little bit of time, you now know the software forever. You don't have to teach anybody else, really, because once you program it, you lay it out for volunteers. You say, okay, this fader, you know, is this, and you label them, and you show them how to hit play, and they can see on the screen, you know, what is up next, and they're good to go. You know, there, there, there's no training curve that's different for Onyx for a volunteer than for Vista, especially when, when they're not programming. There's, you know, it's the same level of training whether you're you're on Vista, whether you're on Onyx, whether you're on Lightshark, okay? And so this is why I don't generally recommend Vista to people. It's not that I don't like it. It's not that it's bad. It's a very solid, reliable console. You know, a lot of people, especially coming from a computer um, an artistic, you know, graphic design-y kind of background, find Vista a bit quicker to learn. But at the end of the day, when we compare, you know, an Onyx rig for, for something simple like this, that's going to cost you in total about $200, assuming you don't have to buy the computer, because um, it doesn't take a complex computer. You can run something, you know, fairly old. For example, I've got a computer that I run Onyx um, as a backup for Onyx shows. And it's a, you know, 2012 era um, Intel i3 processor. It's not an expensive or fancy computer. You might have something lying around. So the Onyx rig, you know, is going to cost you about 200 bucks. You're going to get four universes of output, um, two via that... Uh, NX DMX box and it's around 200-250 bucks I think and you're rocking and rolling. Vista on the other hand as I'll go into the video can quickly and easily for the same amount of output get into thousands of dollars and you know I think it's as a consumer that you need to make the best choice for you and I think that the Vista software is overpriced um, because they they get you twice okay you know, with, with, a lot, with a lot of software like Onyx and some of its main competitors, you buy a piece of hardware or you buy an output box and that unlocks the output for you. 
With Vista, you can buy faders, you can buy an output box, but then you've got to out- actually buy the output from the software, the digital, the virtual output. You got to buy that separately. And you can get into the thousands of dollars for a very simple Vista system. And I don't think it's worth it on that simple of a system. I just don't. I, I think um, I've proven that again and again. My students have that if you can do the same thing with something that's going to save you thousands of dollars, then wouldn't you do that? You know, I think it's a, it's a level of stewardship too. I don't think, you know, I think if you need your volunteers to get up to speed and program it fast, then maybe Vista's better. Um, I would argue that you could sit, you know, somebody in front of even my free videos and get them going pretty quick, especially if you've already set up the rig in Onyx and they're just, you know, programming. Um, and so that's my recommendation there. That's why I, I really don't recommend Vista because I just think they're asking too much for it. And I don't think it's the wisest use of your money. Go buy a couple more lights, go buy something else you need, you know? So to answer that question, um, so Onyx or Light Shark, it kind of lands us with, I would just look at my videos on both of them. And if the Light Shark feels limiting to you, then go with Onyx. If Onyx feels a little too complex for you, then go with the Light Shark. I'm especially the Light Shark in programming effects um, can be a little bit less intuitive and a little bit clunkier than Onyx because it's it's a little simplified, but they're both great pieces. Now, do you need a controller or can you just do everything on the computer? For somebody like you, Matt, um, you know, you could probably have it just on the computer and have your volunteers be able to play it back fine. So we're getting some faders and Onyx. I love the M-Touch for this and the M-Play, especially the M-Touch. We're, we're getting something like that can help you, um, especially as you get into moving lights, is that it can get you programming much faster, okay? Which is going to save you time when you're programming during the week. So, um, you know, that that's something that can be a great time saver for you. It's not necessary. Um, and honestly, for the size of rig you're doing, Matt, I would probably invest the money in a nice touch screen um, to attach to your computer, if, if you weren't going to have a touchscreen otherwise, rather than, than buying the uh, hardware like an M-Touch for some faders, um, because I think that'll help you program faster more than an M-Touch will. If you have a touchscreen, then, you know, the M-Touch is great. Um, but that's kind of my recommendation there. So I hope that helps, Matt. Um, I know it took a while to get through that. Um, if you do have more questions or, or want more info... Like I've referred other folks to, uh, Learn Stage Lighting Labs has videos that are going to go over all this stuff that we've talked about. Um, there's even lessons in there on how to program in a volunteer-friendly way um, for so that it's really easy for them to play things back. And, uh, of course, a full action plan on Onyx. A couple, actually, one called Onyx for the Complete Newbie and one called Advanced Onyx that you can really get into and uh, learn everything you need to in the quickest way possible. Rob writes in and right. I desperately need your help. Okay. We'll see what we can do. Um, I'm trying to program a light show for my band and nothing's working like that. I imagine I want to program everything using MIDI notes inside of my DAW and then export it to a module to play our backing tracks. Oh yeah. And then this module can play MIDI files and, uh, avoids any risk of computer crashes. You want to use everything to the maximum of your capacity, um, et cetera. So you've looked at DMX and other software, um, but you don't want to have a computer on stage. You just want to be able to write raw MIDI data and then 
be able to import it into your backing tracks. Oh, I know I've seen people say it's possible, but nobody's saying how. So, Rob, at the end of the day, I think you need to get over your fear of computers. Um, because you can get, basically, if you want to send out MIDI to a lighting console and have it trigger your scenes, you can get a standalone lighting console starting, you know, in about the $6,000 range that can do this kind of stuff, okay? Below that, it's all PC. And I got to tell you something, Rob. Even at that level, you know, most of the lighting consoles are running Windows, or they even if they're not running Windows in the background, they are a computer. So what separates that from a regular computer? Well, there's no extra applications on it, and there's no ability to, to really mess it up. So let me link to a post, actually, that says, how do I set up a lighting console show computer um, over on Learn Stage Lighting? We'll make sure we include that in the show notes. Because if you set up your computer well, and you can set up a backup PC and have it around if needed, then I would venture to say that it's going to be just as reliable as a standalone unit. You know, I don't know of any unit that you can drag some, send some MIDI into somehow and get it to spit out DMX. You know, I don't think it exists. I, I don't. Um, but if you set up DMXs in a computer, you can set everything to auto-launch to be good to go, then you effectively have a box on a computer that is able to connect to your DAW, be played, and you're good to go, Okay. It's a box. You know, it's the same thing. Um, I, you, you know, I know people that don't want to trust computers will argue with me again and again and again. But at the end of the day, what, what I think you got to come to the conclusion of is today's computers are just as reliable as dedicated, you know, quote, boxes. If you set them up right. But it takes taking the time to make sure you keep them clean. You don't put them on the Internet once you get them set up and you'll be good to go. Some of the largest shows in the world are running things off computers. In fact, every massive show in the world is running things off of regular computers. And you know what? Generally, everything works fine. And they use backups, but like anybody, but it's pretty rare that folks revert to them in show situations. So it's not that computers are, are reliable and any standalone box that you buy is going to be a computer anyways. So check out that post, Rob, and uh, I hope I can convince you that, you know, computers aren't, it's it's not like it used to be where you couldn't trust them. You really can. When you take the time to set things up right, you'll be great to go. Stig writes in, last question here. Um, I'm looking for, well, this is similar, a DMX to USB controller like Entech DMXs that has a 3D visualizer, that has a timeline, um, that has at least 512 channels. So Stig, again, you know, you're almost looking for something impossible. Now I would look at Show Buddy Active. Um, if you go to dmxis.com, we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes, dmxis.com, because DMX is of course the name of that software. Um, you'll be able to find, I believe. Yep, you can scroll down and there is a product called Show Buddy Active. We'll make sure we'll link to the page directly to that. And this is a program that can generally do what you're asking. It does not include a 3D visualizer, but again, um, uh, higher up in this, in the show notes, we've already linked to 
um, a post on lighting visualizers and it is show buddy active is totally compatible with them. Okay. So it can play video. Um, it can play audio back and, um, you might have to set up, separate your audio and video, but other than that, that will do the job. Awesome. In closing, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you have, and if you've enjoyed any of the podcasts here, I need you to do something for me. Okay. I need you to go to learnstagelighting.com slash survey and tell me what you want to hear about on this show. Okay. I love seeing all the folks listening to it, but I need to hear from you as I plan 2019, what you want to see. So learn stagelighting.com slash survey. There'll be links in the show notes. So just swipe over whatever in your podcast player, click that link. It's a Google form. It's quick and easy to just fill out the information. And I really want to hear from you. Um, that's, that's really going to help me shape what you hear. Awesome. Now, show notes are going to be found at learnstagelighting.com slash, what is this, 51051. And uh, I hope to see you back next week, because next week, we're finally going to be talking about something I've promised a few times, but I got sick. We're going to be talking about how do you add video to your lighting show? So we're going to be talking about media. We're going to be talking about um, pixels. We're going to be talking about media servers and how do we control all of that stuff? I can't wait to see you there. So be sure to be subscribed. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.